glory to God. So honored and thrilled to come together in the name of Jesus. And Father, we're here for you. We're here to hear from heaven. We're here for you to touch our hearts, change our lives, and overturn our destinies. And Father, we believe you this morning that your words will be said, your deeds will be done, your glory will be made manifest. And Father, we'll be better off because we came here today. And the mission of God will be carried forth. And Lord, we cease not to pray this prayer. Lord, help us get this job done. Even so, Lord Jesus, we bid thee come. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. And welcome to the Fredonia edition of Family Church, one of 10 locations uh, meeting throughout New York, Pennsylvania. And if we want to include Europe, we have 11 locations and more to come. So we welcome each and every one of you, especially first-time guests. We're just so thrilled that you would choose to worship with us here this morning. And uh, return guests, uh, all those watching via live stream all over the world, and of course, our church family here. We're so thrilled and honored. Nancy and I count an honor and a privilege to be your pastors and to worship God together with you. And so uh, before we go any further in the service, we're going to go ahead and dismiss our kids, their program, as we're being ministered to up here, they'll be ministered to uh, in their room. And so we're just so thrilled uh, that uh, we have something for the kids. Amen. Um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And for those of you who are visiting and those of you watching online, uh, we here at Fame Church uh, believe strongly that whatever we teach, practice, and preach uh, ought to be found in the Bible. That's why we encourage all of our people to bring their Bible along, whether it's a physical Bible like this one or on e-device, uh, to follow along. And this helps all of us receive more. It's when we're a participant in the service that uh, we, we just believe that God could help us so much more. And so if you're watching online, go ahead and grab your Bible. And But if you're here and, and say, you know, I didn't bring my Bible. I didn't know you're supposed to bring your Bible to church. No problem. We will endeavor to have the scriptures on the overhead screen because we want you to see what we're teaching on is in the Word of God. And so Last week, we started a new series to kind of kick off the year. I, I, I mean, you know, the January is always the kickoff month and kind of set the direction uh, of the year for our lives, for our ministry. Uh, that's why we have the uh, January Holy Ghost meetings to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us as a church and saying to us as individuals. But also uh, in this pulpit on Sunday morning, I believe that... Uh, what we teach on January is kind of like the spearhead, the, the launching point throughout the year. And uh, by the direction of the Lord, I believe that we, we are teaching on being led of the Holy Ghost. And I may mention of this before, it seemed like the past couple of years that uh, this is what the Lord would direct me and guide me to teach on in January. And uh, what, what greater thing, what better thing than for God to lead us and to guide us? Because we're all hungry after God. We want God's will. We want God's plan for our lives. And being led by the Spirit of God will get us to that destination. And we've chosen as a golden text, Romans chapter 8, starting with verse 14. Again, we'll have the scriptures on the overhead screen. It says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. 
For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself, or better rendered himself, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We well, hear in the New Testament, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God will lead us and guide us. And that's what we're looking at this series, is uh, to be led, to be guided, be directed by the Holy Ghost. And this is a right and a privilege for all of us. But uh, we drew your attention to something very interesting in this text. Here we, we see a reference to children and we see a reference to sons. Children uh, here means small children, maybe more like babies or toddlers. Uh, sons here means fully mature uh, Christians, adult Christians. And so here we see as Christians, uh, there, there are children and then there are sons. And of course, we all start off as children. And, you know, this, this reference makes a note of that, that when we're born again, the Spirit of God comes into us and we cry, Abba, Father. God becomes our Father and we become His children. And there's a correlation between spiritual growth and natural growth. I mean, you know that no one is born a full-grown person. Aren't you glad, ladies, that you didn't give birth to an, an adult male or female? Praise the Lord. God had great grace and mercy on all of us. No, you, you have a baby and you grow with that baby. You both mature together. And the same thing spiritually. Not any of us are grown fully mature, fully knowledgeable. We, we in, are, in a sense, babies. And it is in the plan of God, but babies are to grow. And so when we're born again, we become babies but is the plan of God that we mature and grow and become sons. Now, what is very interesting here, what makes the difference? How can we tell if we're still a baby? Or how can we tell that we've matured and grown as a Christian? Well, well, here it tells us a secret. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so, to, to note maturity, note growth, what God calls a mature Christian is someone who is led and guided by the Spirit of God. And so that's what we want to do. We want to grow to the place. And actually my job as a pastor is to grow saints, is to grow people, the mature people. We see this just for a reference real quick in Ephesians 4.11, Ephesians 4.11 and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why did he give these ministry gifts? Verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints. That word perfecting, uh, you know, I don't think anyone could make anyone perfect. There's only one perfect person, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. But in King James, that word perfect can throw us. That word is better rendered the maturing of the saints. So my job as a pastor God gave me is to mature the congregation, to perfect the saints. And it goes on some other things that they are to do. And so my job is to mature. Well, according to this, one phase of a Christian's maturing and becoming a son or a daughter of God is to be led by the Spirit of God. So as we are led and learn to be led and taught to be led and follow the leading of the Spirit of God, we grow in maturity. 
And so we'll be looking at that. And much of our answers in life, and we, we all have answers. Uh, we all, excuse me, we all have questions and uh, we all have desires. A lot of us are saying, God, what, what do you want me to do with my life? What, what is your will? Uh, sh- should I do this or should I do that? Is it okay for me to practice this or is it not okay for me to practice that? And so often we look to others and, and uh, we, we seek counsel of other people, but God wants us to know for ourselves. God wants to lead us and guide us directly. I remember one of my professors in Bible school said this, and I've quoted it many, many times, that the answer to a thousand and one questions is to be led by the Spirit of God. And so many of our questions can be answered if we learn to be led. And that's what we're looking at, how to be led, how to identify the leading of the Lord. And being led by the Holy Ghost has always been the plan of God for His people. We understand when God made Adam and Eve, uh, Adam and Eve had perfect fellowship with God, that, that those settings and those conditions were perfect. That's what God designed for man. If you're ever wondering what the will of God is for your life, and if it's God's will for you to be blessed, to be healthy, to be strong, you just look back in the Garden of Eden. God saw it and was perfect, that there, there was no sickness, there was no disease, there was no lack, there was no suffering, there was perfect conditions. And that, that was God's ideal for all of us. And of course, man sinned and fell from that, and that's where sin and Satan corrupted everything. But from that time forward, God sought to restore what was lost in the garden. And part of what was lost was the communion with God and learning to be led and guided of God. We saw before man fell that God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. Now, I always like to pause there. God made paradise, right? That means it was hot during the day. And so God's idea of paradise is someplace warm and hot, sunny. And then it, he had to wait till the cool of the day. I'm just saying that's in the Bible. You can interpret any way you want, but God walked with them in the cool of the day and talked with them and no doubt shared things with them. Well, that, that was lost when man sinned and became spiritually separate from God. The God from that time sought to restore that communion, that fellowship, that intimacy, that that enlightenment to to man's spirit and you know just in meditating this morning this scripture came to me we'll just put on the overhead screen uh hebrews 8 10 and 11 and uh, the whole chapter is on the premise of how god was not pleased with the old testament god had to put certain things in place many times you read the old testament and say man that's horrible that's gruesome that that is very hard and harsh Well, man was spiritually dead, and God had to put a system in place to curb sin because they were spiritually dead. But this is what God, God wasn't pleased with it, but this is what God desired, and that's why God sent Jesus. And for this is the covenant I will make in the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, that I will put their law, my laws in their mind, and write them in their hearts, And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And I like this. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. 
what we was just saying in the Old Testament, they were spiritually separated from God. They, they had no connection with God. And for them to hear from God, they had to go to the prophet or they had to go to the council of someone else and someone else would have to, to seek God, hear from heaven and communicate what God says for their life. And God says, I, I was not pleased with that system, but because they were spiritually dead, we had to put that in place. But he says, I'm looking forward when the day comes. You don't need to do that. You don't need to ask your pastor what you need to do in this situation. You don't need to Google it. You don't need to ask everyone and tell everyone to pray. I, I got to find out. He says, I, I, I'm going to put it in your heart. Yeah, I'm going to put it on the inside. You're not going to have to, you know, wonder what you need to do or where you need to go. I'm going to put it all on the inside. And so this is what God is is desired. And so when it comes to being led, this is something from the Garden of Eden. God has been looking forward to us to walk in. Uh, In the New Testament, Jesus said this in John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. If I go not away, the Comforter or the Holy Ghost will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send them to you. And again, the same premise. Jesus said, it's, it's more important that I go away than for me to stay. We look at that. How can that be? You're here, Jesus. You're God in the flesh. Well, if we were to continue on that plane, and if that was to continue in this day, all of us, if we want a leading, a guidance, a direction from God, we'd have to get on a plane and fly to Israel or wherever Jesus was to talk with Jesus and get direction and enlightenment from from God. But uh, because Jesus went away, he sent the Holy Ghost to us and the Holy Ghost resides on the inside of us. And so rather than have to go to a guide and direction, We have the guide on the inside. Again, the plan of God, the plan of redemption. Part of our redemption is to be led and guided by the Spirit of God. And one more, John 16, 13. Again, the plan of God. Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Ghost, has come. Notice this, He will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of Himself, but whatever shall hear, that shall He speak and he will show you things to come. And I love this. He shall glorify me. He shall receive a mine and show it to you. Again, the whole premise. Jesus said, it's more important that I go away because when I sent the Holy Ghost, you're not going to have to ask everyone, what should I do? Should I do this or shouldn't I do this? Is this okay for a Christian practice or not? He says, the Holy Ghost has come. He's going to be inside of you. And he's going to lead you and guide you and direct you. And so all of us, if we're born again, have this guide on the inside. So we're looking at being led and guided. That when it comes to God's and he has put the Holy Spirit in place. He has put the spirit of truth. He says, I will lead you and I will guide you. And this brings us to a a scripture in the Psalms that I often like to look at. And we kind of left off here. In Psalm 32, verse 8 and 9. Again, the words of Jesus, the words of God, excuse me. And I will instruct you and teach you in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. Be not as a horse or as a mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held and dit and bridled, lest they come near unto thee. 
And so I, I love this verse because God says what he means and means what he says. And notice in verse 8, God says, I will. You have to understand English language. There's no stronger assertion than the term I will or I shall. And whenever God says I will or I shall, it's in essence God is swearing on himself. He's saying as long as I am God, I swear to you, I will uphold what I'm about to say. What does he uphold? What does he swear? I will lead you and guide you to where you shall go. Again, we saw this in the garden. God says, hey, the days are coming. I'm going to put it back in place. I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost. He's going to guide you in all truth. He's going to take the things, anything you need, leading guidance. I'm going to, I'm going to tell it to the Spirit of God, and He's going to show it to you directly. So God says, I will. And so we don't need to question. We don't need to wonder if God will lead us and guide us. God has already sworn by Himself, I will lead you. I will guide you. You know, that's a good confession for all of us. See, too many times we, we say, I don't know what to do. But we understand the law, you have what you say. You ought to say, God's on the inside of me. I, I'll know what to do. The Spirit of God is going to show it to me. I, I, I'm going to be in the right place at the right time. My steps are ordered the Lord. And again, get, get on God's side and, and to see it in God's perspective. And so God says, easy peasy, piece of cake. I, I'm going to take care of my end. You don't need to worry about direction and guidance. I'm going to do it. You're filled with the Spirit of God. He's on the inside of you. It's been settled. As far as my part in the equation, I will do what I say. Yes. But uh, very often when, when God gives a promise, uh, there are conditions or there is a Godward side and a manward side. And of course, uh, God will take care of his part, but what is our part? I love verse 8, I mean verse 9. But be not as a horse or as a mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held with bit and bridle, lest it come near unto thee. And again, we, we, we saw this last week. God says, I'm going to do my part, but your part is don't be an animal. Well, that's very encouraging. Thank you for the encouragement, Father. What does he mean? He says, don't be like a horse or a mule. And he's talking about guidance and direction here. And he's saying, I, I, I'm going to do my part, but I want you to learn how I do it and respond to the way I do it. I don't want to have to lead you and guide you like an animal, like a horse or like a, a mule. And we understand this. We looked at it, that um, you just can't, Go to your horse and say, horse, go take me to the Wendy's drive-thru. And the horse takes you to the Wendy's drive-thru. And uh, then, then after you're eating your meal, say, horse, go ahead and take me home. You, you can't do that to the horse. A horse does not communicate on that level. But you can make that horse do that. How? Bit and bridle, you know. Giddy up. If you want the horse to turn right, you pull on the right rein. If you want the horse to turn left, you pull on the left lane. If you want the horse to stop, you pull back and say, whoa. So through physical stimuli, you can make the horse do what you want. And what God is saying in the Old Testament, I had to lead my people like horses and mules. 
They were spiritually insensitive. They had no guidance system on the inside. They were, they were formed from the life of God. So I, I had to, to, to make them and, and get them to do things physically. But in the New Testament, I, I don't want to do that. I, I want you to be able to, to, to be led by my spirit on the inside and not be looking to the outside. We, we understand this as parents. You know, you, you love to say to your children, children clean up your room. They hear and understand that. And they do that. And say, children, it's dinner time, come to the table. They hear that and do that. Isn't that a wonderful thing? That all you need to do is communicate on your level. They understand it. And they do it. But... Um, you know, you, you can make your children do that in a different way. You can grab them by the back of their neck. I know that's called child abuse nowadays, but ask your parents about how we were raised. And uh, you can force them to pick up. You can pick up your child and, and, you know, hopefully they're not a teenager, and make them sit down at the table. You can do that. Does that bring you pleasure, delight? No, no, you kind of, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, that type of thing. And so God is saying that it's not my desire that, that I have to do that. I, I, you know, and uh, if I have to, I will for your, 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 your benefit. It doesn't give me pleasure, but because I love you so much, I, I can do those things. But learn how I lead you and guide you. I, I want you to learn to, to be led of my spirit. And so we're, we're looking at how to be led, how to identify, you know, and, uh, you know, with, with these things, we talk about physical stimuli, something that people are often tripped up on is concerning their feelings. And see, what are feelings? That's being led by a horse or a mule. That's, that's a physical stimulus. Notice the Bible doesn't say as many as are led by their feelings, they're the children of God. As many as are, are led by the Spirit of God. And so feelings is back to that horse thing. You know, there are some people who won't pray unless they feel like it. There are some people who won't go to church unless they feel like it. They won't read their Bible unless they feel like it. Uh, and so what is that horse and mule? Yeah, God says, don't be led. But there, there, we, we could take time and look at this. There, there are some people that won't do the right thing unless they're forced to do it. Um, let's talk about diet and exercise. Now, don't, don't shut me off here. You know, you know, we, we all need to maintain a good diet and exercise, take care of your body. And ideally, you ought to, to be ahead of that rather than behind that. But sometimes your body hits a wall and all of a sudden your body is breaking down. Maybe the doctor has said, you better lose some weight. You better start eating right. Well, what is that? That is being forced to do the right thing. You know, and it's being like, like an animal. You know, and of course, we're not going to ask a show of hands how many have, have done that. I've done that more than once. And again, all these things, as God is saying, I, I want you to put all that aside. I, I, I don't want you to be looking to others, 
looking to your feelings, looking to your own thoughts, looking to your own ways. I want you to to learn to be led by my spirit. And so we're we're looking at being led. And so turn with me to to, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, as many as are led or guided, directed by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And then it says in verse 16, the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So God's leading and guidance will be done by a spirit that's inside of us. Then it says that the spirit will, will bear witness with our spirit. So this leading and guidance is going to be directed by the spirit of God in our spirit area. And that's how he leads us and guides us. And so we, we want to hone in. We want to look at where that delivery system will go. Like I said before, uh, I live on Route 83, and that's where my mail comes. And if I make a purchase or I'm expecting a letter or something in the mail, um, it will be sent to my mailbox. And so if I want to retrieve the mail and get what belongs to me that was sent to me, uh, maybe some correspondence or a check, I have to go to the mailbox and open the mailbox to receive it. You know, it'd be silly of me to, to look in my refrigerator. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the mail does not go to your refrigerator. It'd be silly of me to look in my microwave or dishwasher. Right. No matter how much I want the mail to be delivered to my fridge, because we visit it more often than other places. Wow. Yeah. The, the, the mail doesn't come that way. And God, God is saying, you know, so many times people are, are looking in the mail, are, are looking in the, the microwave, looking in the fridge, looking in dishwasher. They're looking to their thoughts. They're looking to their feelings. They're looking to Google. They're looking to the counsel of others. They're, they're looking everywhere where God is saying, the mailbox. Look in the mailbox. I will lead you. I, will, I put my spirit in your spirit. That is where I'm going to lead you and guide you. And so to be led by the Spirit of God, we, we have to know where He leads us and guides us and, and how He does that. Well, in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it tells us here that the God of peace sanctify us holy, you holy, and I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here it talks about the whole man. The complete man, the complete person. And speaking of all of us, that, that man, meaning male man or female man, is a triune being made up of three parts. That we are a spirit being, we have a soul, and we live in the body. And we took some time looking at this, and we, we know the body is the house we live in. You know, our body, if you pinch it, that's our body. And then we identified the, the soul, which is the mind, uh, the will, and the emotions. And then then there's the spirit of man, which is the eternal man. That's part of us gets born again. And that's where the spirit of God resides, is in our spirit. And that's where it says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. So the spirit of God is going to lead us and guide us by bearing witness with our spirit. Notice it says this, 
it does not say this, he's, he's not going to bear witness with our body. So that means he's not going to bear witness of what we feel like or our feelings or our symptoms or anything in the body mode. Is, God has nothing to do with leading and guiding us. But very interesting as well, God is not going to lead us and guide us by our soul. Again, when it's our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. Now, thank God for our, and we, we understand the body. Now, the body has a voice. The voice of our body's feelings. When your body is hungry, does, does it send you an email and say, I'm hungry, feed me? Do you hear a, a loud, audible voice? I am hungry, feed me now. No. You feel something. You feel, and it's real. Some of you feel it right now. And say, would this man shut up? I've got to eat. <laughs> and so we understand your, your body has a voice. We're very familiar with that voice. Hungry? We feel it. You're tired. What? You feel it. Now, I know that you're sanctified. You're irritable. <laughs> yeah. You know, the good, thing, the good news is that's the voice of your body. Now, your body's not been redeemed yet. And according to the Bible, again, I got stuck here, and I seem like to be stuck here again because the Spirit of God wants to communicate something here. You have to treat your body as a dog. Oh, what, what are you saying? Well, hopefully, if you have a dog, hopefully you at least like your dog. Now, you, you, you take care of your dog, right? You feed it and, and you, know, you walk it and let it do its business and you give it boundaries. But that dog is not to rule the house and rule your life. Now, again, some people have different ideas concerning that. You know, it's the same thing with your body. Your body is unredeemed. And your body, you know... Nancy and I, we, we love German shepherds and, and we're believing God for the right ones and so forth. You know, the beautiful thing about German shepherds are big and intimidating. Yeah. I always, I want to get two of them and say, meet my little friends. <laughs> yes. And, and, and then they, they just look at you and put the fear of God in you and so forth. You know, and uh, have you ever tried walking a German shepherd or a big dog? Um, they want to walk you. They, they want to lead <laughs> like that. You know, that's exactly what your body wants to do. I don't feel like it. I don't want to do this. I don't feel like going to work. I don't want to go to I don't feel like walking in love. I don't feel like this. I don't feel like this. I'm grumpy. I'm... That's good, Pastor. Help us. One of the greatest revelations that I had as young men that my body is not me. I don't need to heed or do what my body says any more than, than I, I have to obey that German shepherd. No. And one thing when we have, we, we tell them who's boss. And you need to tell your body who's boss. Well, I don't feel. I, I, I don't want. I, a lot of that is your body. Now, notice what, what, what Paul said concerning his body. And he says it here in First. Corinthians 9.27. You can put that on the screen. 
Notice what Paul said, I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection. Notice he calls his body an it. Lest by any means I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. You know what this great holy apostle Paul said? He says, I, I, I keep under my, I command my body, I call it an it. I treat my body like a dog. I mean a dog, sit, stay, play dead. You know, just stay, and of course, stay. I mean, you've got to treat your body like that. The Bible says that when we are led by our body, we are a carnal Christian. Carnal means flesh-ruled Christian. And it's important for victory in life. And again, I'm stuck here by the Spirit of God because He's trying to help. It's important to our victory not to be body-ruled or body-conscious. That, whoo, you know, I, some people, when they feel good, they're happy. When they feel not so well, they're sad. You know what that is? That is being body-ruled. Something Smith Wigglesworth said. I must have hit a nerve here. It just got quiet. In this. Something Smith Wigglesworth says, and if you don't know anything about Smith Wigglesworth, Google it. And um, someone made the mistake. It says, hey, Smith, how do you feel today? He got mad. He got mad. He says, I never ask Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. I tell Smith Wigglesworth how to feel. Yeah. He was, he was a man of the spirit. He was a man of faith. That means he didn't allow his body to lead him and guide him and direct him. All right, I see that. Believe it or not, we're more carnal than we'd like to admit. All right. Have you ever been miffed at someone? Husbands and wives? I'm sorry. I, never. Never. Come out, you lying spirit. <laughs> this one comes out by, by prayer and fasting. Yeah. All right. How many know you, you feel something? You feel miffed. You feel ticked. You feel, I'm not going to talk to them. I feel, I'm going to give them a cold shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. All right. You, you all know what we're talking about. But all of you are truly spiritual and not carnal. Right? That because if you're miffed, instead of feeling I'm not going to talk to them, I'm going to talk to them. When I feel like I'm going to give them a cold shoulder... I'm going to give him the warm shoulder. Yeah. Ah! No, no. Yeah. <laughs> your, your body will talk. And see, part of a spiritual life and victory is putting your body in place. Now, Pastor, I, I want to be led by the Spirit of God. We, we have to get this straightened up. Because as long as you're led ruled and guided by your body, it's going to stymie your spirit out. 
And again, I'm stuck here. I'm stuck here. <laughs> now, maybe, what, 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 do you, what do you mean? All right, I feel sorry for this younger generation because you don't know what a playground is. All right. When, ask your parents, now ask your grandparents. When we went to school, recess, we went outside and played on the equipment. And there was a thing called the teeter-totter. You remember the teeter-totter? I'm sure it's been outlawed for some reason or whatever. But, or the name is offensive to someone. But you know what a teeter-totter does. You get two people, bump, 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 and up and down, up and down. And of course, us being boys full of mischief, what we would love to do, two people were teeter-totting, and you get right in the middle of it. And you kind of help them along, Right? teeter-totter, teeter-totter, teeter. Then you smile, and what you do is you walk towards one end. And here here is someone, and there's two against one, and there's someone there, no matter how hard they try, they're stuck. Why? Because we ganged up two against one. That, That person up there can't, do anything, can't control anything. And see, that's, that's what happens to our spirit. Is As long as we're being led by our flesh. I mean, you know, that our flesh can be so loud, we have no idea what our spirit is saying. Yeah. You can get so angry, so upset, so full of feelings. And as long as you feed that and cater that, you, you're, that's going to be your token to go and that's most marriage problems is because they're carnal yeah yeah because no one who operates out of their spirit and love of God would have strife will we'll have you know contention because when your spirit ruled how many know your body's going to speak aloud here crucify them crucify them you know and, and you, that's just the voice of my flesh I'm going to operate in the voice of my spirit. Okay. All right. Okay. Geo said to help you. Okay. <laughs> Jesus said this. Love your enemies. If you would have just said that, we would identify what does loving our enemies look like? You know, I, I'm a Christian. I love, I love, I love. No, Jesus said, love your enemies. He said this. Do good, do good to those that hate you. Well, when someone does something bad to you, what do you feel like? You feel resent, you feel eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You, you feel and you want to respond to your feelings. So you said, don't pay attention to your body. Pay attention to your spirit. You do good to them. See, again... The teeter-totter thing. Yeah, this, yeah. I'm trying, I am trying to get to being led to your spirit, but we, we, have to, we have to identify this. Do good to them. Hate. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. What are you saying? Follow your spirit. Whenever you're up upset and mad at your spouse, your children, your boss, the world, politicians, don't respond to your flesh. Pray for them. Do good. 
you know, give to them and so forth. Live life out of your spirit. This is not the direction I'm wanting to go, but how many know we're, we're, we're helping? We're, 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 we're more carnal than, than we'd like to think. Even, even going to family church, you can, you can be carnal. Yeah. Just have someone do something that upsets you. And it'll show you immediately how you respond. Yeah. Someone cuts you off while driving. And you have your Jesus loves you bumper sticker. <laughs> your flesh. <clears throat> and you want to ride their tail. Let them know. Mm. Yeah. Is that the spirit? Or is that the flesh? Flesh. And the Bible says, they that sow to the flesh, of the flesh reap corruption. Corruption in relationships is by sowing to the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Carnality. Now, when we're babies, we start that way. But part of our growth and maturity is not to cater to our flesh. See, we, we all have to take ownership of this. I, 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 I can get miffed with the rest of you. Not, not one of us is beyond. All of our flesh is loud. Now, unfortunately, I take after my mom. I think my flesh is louder than most of yours. All right. But uh, you may want to challenge me on that. My flesh is very loud. But does not mean that I need to listen to it. My flesh will scream, crucify. Crucify. You know, shoot them and let God sort it out. I mean, it's just such a pull of my upbringing personality. If I listen to that, I'm carnal. And if I sow to that, I reap destruction. But what does the Spirit do? It feels that pull. And smiles. Says, Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them despitefully. Use you and persecute you. Yeah. So, homework this week. Is getting, getting, getting a spat with someone. It's going to happen whether you like it or not. First of all. When that happens, identify how you feel. Now, I, I'm cleaning house, so you know. You know I, 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 I'm still stuck here. See, part of my maturity is when you realize, oh, that's just my body. I, I don't need to do what my body says any more than I need to, to do what my dog says. I keep under my body. I keep it in subjection. And part of being led is I'm not listening to my body. It's there. That's not me. I keep it under. Now, I'm going to have to stop there. I'm going to have to let that okay. I'm hoping next week I can get to actually where I want to go. So do me a favor. Learn this lesson this week. Okay.
<laughs> because you know, if, if I get stuck here about being led by your feeling, being led by your symptom, being led and, and just bursting out how you feel. Oh, yeah. Then we all. Let, I saw this and let, let, close your Bible. The Bible says this in John chapter 4 that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him what? In spirit and truth or from our spirit. Not from our souls and not from our bodies. Okay. Worship can be carnal. Worship can be emotional and not be spiritual. Well, see, worship is just not outwardly, ah, because you feel good. You feel God. You feel expression. You know, the greatest act of worship is when you feel nothing. And you, you have no oozing emotion. Now, as a guy... I can't relate because I don't have moosey emotions about anything. <laughs> Live long and prosper. You know, I have no emotions about a lot of stuff. Now, for those who don't understand, ask your grandkids. Vulcans have no emotions. But regardless of how you feel, I don't worship God out of my body. You know, some people, ah, yeah, because they're excited, but that's not spiritual. It's from, it ought to be from your heart. And a lot of people that are like this, that every time a symptom comes, they fall apart, or someone turns them off, they explode, because everything is carnal, flesh-ruled. Now, again, I'm just swiping it clean. Part of my job is the maturing. It's part of maturing. See, part of maturity. I often wonder, give me, give me three minutes... I often wonder why spiritual men and women were the least expressive in a worship service. Now, I mean, we ought to be expressive, raise our hands and so forth. But I, I remember just seeing Brother Hagen, the foremost prophet, in the presence of God, he'd be. And I've seen others, and I just saw. They were doing, I, you know, you thought they ought to be, woo! Yeah, 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 you know, swinging from the chandeliers, and I'm not wrong with that. It's better than being a stick in the mud. But as I grew with the Lord, I, I saw that a lot of times, a lot of that's emotional and physical, but it's not out of their spirit. See, when you pray lots in tongues and you spend a lot of time in the presence of God, You'll find out one thing you have to do is humble your flesh. Humble your soul in order to listen to your spirit. That God is more concerned with your heart being connected to the worship than your feelings of joy, your feelings of emotion. Thank God when they're there, but you don't offer worship that way. You worship from your heart. I don't know if it makes sense to you or not, but I mean, we're just... Trying to, to help us. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. So we, we, we have to get away from being led by our feelings. Led by our emotions. Led by how we feel. And, 
and, and take ownership that I do what's right regardless how I feel. Then maybe next week we can actually start getting into listening. Because if we don't do this, it's going to be really hard to listen when our flesh is so loud and so unchecked. Let us pray. Father, we're just so grateful and thankful that we can be here today. And we trust you, Lord. Lord, I had a lesson. This is nothing in my lesson. But I, I trust you that you're helping us to mature us. Father, to identify our spirits. Not to, to allow our body free reign. Not to always express what our body feels. Not to always cater to our bodies. Or even to our minds, but to our spirits. Father, we're spirit beings, and in our spirit is love, joy, and peace. In our spirit is the light and life of God. In our spirit is guidance and direction. And Father, we're just going to peel the shell, so to speak, and get to our hearts. We peel the shell of the flesh. We trust next week we can start looking to our hearts. Father, in Jesus' name, real quick with heads bowed and eyes closed. This morning we talked about begin to look at being led by the Spirit of God. That the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. That when we become children of God, the Spirit of God resides on the inside of us. We become literally little children of God and God wants us to grow. And this is the right and the privilege for all of us is to grow. It's part of our inheritance. It's part of our victory in life. But maybe we're here and says, you know what? I don't know if I'm a child of God or not. I go to church. I keep the Ten Commandments. I try to be good to people. Well, Jesus didn't say if you go to church, you keep the Ten Commandments, you get to heaven. Jesus said you must be born again. He said without being born again, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. Why do we need to be born again? Real easy. The Bible says we've all sinned come short of the glory of God. That means if we sin once in a lifetime, that sin will keep us out. No amount of good works and good deeds could wash away sins. Only the blood of God can wash away sins. That's why Jesus had to come and take on a human body. It was God in the flesh. It's only His blood that can wash away our sins. And that's why we need a Savior. If we could have kept the Ten Commandments, Jesus wouldn't need to come and die for us. But we all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. And we can receive Jesus. Uh, he paid the price, and the Bible says, whoever calls upon him, he'll not cast out. And so, real quick, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Here and those watching the line, if you've never been born again and would like to be born again, would you raise your hand? Anybody here? Again, once you raise your hand, we're not, we're not going to embarrass you. I just want to see your hand. I want to know who we're praying for. I know we're mostly home folks, especially after COVID. You know, in these last days, people love God. We'll, we'll press on no matter what the world does. And so, we are to be commended. But uh, if you're watching online and you're not born again, go ahead and raise your hand. I can't see it, but God can. That's the most important thing. I'm going to give one more invitation. Maybe you're here and you have been born again, but you're what we call backslidden. The Bible calls a prodigal son or a daughter, which simply means this. God is in you. The Spirit of God bears witness with your spirit. You know you're a child of God, but your heart is aching. Your heart condemns you because you're not walking with God. We're going to look at that. That's the voice of your spirit, your heart condemning you, uh, convicting you. And so it's a healthy, good thing. And maybe you're here and your heart is, says, you know what? I've been away from God and I need to come back to God these end days, it's, it's fearful in the world. You need to be safely in the fold. And so 
Come back to the Lord. Is there anybody here and that's you who just say, I'd like to rededicate my life to the Lord. I, I need to come back to Him. Raise your hands. Again, I know I see that hand. God bless you. You can put it down. I know we're mostly home folks, but it's important that we respond to the Spirit of God. Respond to our hearts. You know, our heads will, will kind of confront what's in our heart and say, you don't need to do that. You're all right. You know, you, you have more time. Your, your head will lead you to hell, but your heart will lead you to heaven. And so, is anybody here that you have not raised your hand any one of those invitations? Go ahead and raise it now. For those of you online, go ahead and raise your hand. I can't see it, but God can. We had a hand raised here, and there's hands out, out uh, in the internet watching. And the good news is, the Bible says, whoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. That means whoever you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, if you'll call on the Lord, He'll hear you. He'll, that saving blood will wash away your sins. And if you've never been born again, you'll be born again. If you're backslidden, you'll, you'll be restored and made whole like you've never sinned. That's the beauty of redemption, the beauty of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we had a hand raised. And so as a church family, we're going to pray a prayer together with those that raised their hand or should have raised their hand. And for those of you watching online, on the internet, if you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we need to rededicate your life. Pray this prayer with us. Mean business with God. God will hear your prayer and your life will be changed. So let's pray this with those that raise their hand. Dear God, I believe that Jesus is your son. He died for me and rose again from the dead so I can be saved. This day, I make Jesus Lord of my life. Thank you, Father. I bow your son. And my life will never ever be the same again after this day in Jesus name amen hey for those who raised your hand or, and to hear online no, God has heard you. you your life begins now don't let Satan haunt you don't let thoughts deter you God has heard your prayer life begins now and if you prayed that prayer with us go ahead and contact us we want to help you get started with your new life in God. What were you help this morning? Amen. I mean, we just don't want a sermon. We want what helps us. And so you got your marching orders. And so I'm not asking you to pick a fight with anybody, but if you do get upset, take ownership. Hey, that's my flesh. You're, you're pretty loud. I don't need to do what you say. I'm going to do the opposite. And that's start of spiritual life and so we certainly love you i look forward to next week and seeing what the spirit of god has to say we certainly love you and appreciate you all don't forget word and spirit tuesday 6 30 uh we'd love to see you there god bless you you're dismissed